This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right, here we are back at you once again already. Can you believe it? It just seems like we just got together a couple of days ago. That's right. We're trying to bring you more content. Why? Because we are the Decibel Geek Podcast and we're all about bringing it to the people rock and roll style. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome friend, kick-ass co-host, and a man who's not afraid to answer anything. Talk about Chris Sinzak. How's it going, brother? It's good, and I'll, I'll probably regret that, you know, as people <laughs> listen to that. I've seen some of these questions. I know you're going to regret it. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, and all, for full transparency, we, we recorded the uh, the questions and answers, like, uh, you know, about a week ago. Um but yeah, it's uh, you know I love doing the Ask Us Anything because you know you guys that listen to our show come up with the most interesting and sometimes off the wall questions possible. Yeah, it makes it a lot of fun for us because I mean you guys are just as weird as we are. So you know your questions are either good or crazy, but either way we get it. <laughs> yeah, and you know today as of this recording, uh, today's a little historic for the show. Did you see my post earlier today? I did. 11 years ago today yep. was the very first episode of the Decibel Geek podcast. Way, way back in rock and roll history. Yeah, and all of its awkward glory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, without that awkwardness, we would not be where we are today. All the time, I'm so grateful that things just kind of worked out the way they did. It really was a lot of happenstance and a lot of fate that, you know, you started this thing and then, you know, we came together the way we did and all the adventures and all the friends we've made and all the great music I've learned about and you've learned about and the people have learned about together and we've all turned each other on to great stuff. It's been an awesome 11 years, man. I'll tell you that. It has. And yeah, I, uh, yeah, I posted about it today on Facebook and yeah, it's just, it's hard to believe that, that it's gone by that fast. And, uh, but yeah, it was uh so I yeah, so April 13th, 2011 was the day I put out officially episode 0 and episode 1. Episode wow. 0 was basically just the introduction episode and if you want a good laugh, go listen to it. Um episode 1 was me and Mitch Lafon actually. It was yeah. both of our first podcasts. So that's kind of odd. Um and then uh yeah, and I'll, actually, if you want to hear a good uh, deep dive into the history of how the show got started, how I met Aaron and everything, I guessed it on the Rock All Over You podcast with uh, Edwin Canastracci and uh, Eric Jordan uh, this past week. And uh, they, you know, because they, they're a little bit newer to the show and they were like, well, how did you meet Aaron and how did it work? How did it work out and everything? And I share the whole story on there about how it was uh, Craigslist misconnections, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You're never going to believe it, but here it is. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Everybody have to check that one out. What's the show called? Uh, Rock All Over You podcast. Rock All Over You. There you go. Check that out with Chris Sinzak telling the story. If you want to hang out with us, well, I can tell you a way you can do that this weekend if you're in the Nashville area. This weekend at the Sinesta Hotel here in Nashville, they're doing it. The big old full moon horror and tattoo convention. I've been to these things in the past. You never know who you're going to meet there because they got all kinds of cool people. And we are going to be amongst those cool people as we're special guests at the convention. So if you want to come by and hang out with us for a little while, 
you can do that this weekend here in town. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Like, uh, I don't really watch horror movies like I used to, but uh, in the 80s, I was really into them. And there's some really cool guests at this, including Doug Bradley, who played Pinhead in the Hellraiser movies. Yes, that's awesome. Those movies were insane. Yeah, and then also uh, Tom Sizemore, who you know was in Natural Born Killers and all kinds of other really cool stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm nice. A, I'm really, really stoked. I'm actually, I'm probably actually going to pony up for some autographs this weekend. And I'm pretty sure, as long as I can hold my wife to it, I think my wife and I are both going to get our first tattoos at this convention. Nice full back decibel geek logo tattoos How'd you matching know? matching for husband and wife. How awesome. And it was all her idea too. It was crazy. <laughs> okay, so that would have been believable up until that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We're gonna you know, we'll we'll record some stuff on site. It'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun. Maybe we can get some of the guests to talk about rock and metal and stuff. Man, I would love to talk to Tom Sizemore, you know, him being at the right age, at the right place, sunset strip stories, that guy's gotta have a ton of them. Oh yeah, he probably partied with all those guys. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Pretty cool. Looking forward to that. Got the Fugers are coming into town this yep. weekend, man. I'm excited for that as well. We're going to go see Jerry Cantrell. It's going to be a good time. We're all going to get together and hang out. So, so next episode, we'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. But in the meantime, today, we're going to answer all your questions. You guys have sent us a bunch. We're going to answer as many as we can. We might as well get right to it because I got to tell you, dun, dun, dun. No reviews or recommendations this week. Oh, Get on it, folks. Oh, It hurts us when we don't get them, but we sure do love them when we do. So if you want to take the time to leave this show a sweet review or recommendation, there's a bunch of places you can do it. Apple Podcasts is probably the best. Podchaser is a really cool website where you can go not only just leave us a review, but you can find maybe other podcasts that you're going to fall in love with because that's where people are leaving all kinds of reviews. And so when you leave one for us, somebody might see it. Come check us out. Of course, we're on the Facebook. If you're on the Facebook with us, you definitely want to, first thing, give the Decibel Geek podcast a like. Second thing, you want to join the Decibel Geek community group because that's where all the conversation's happening at with all the cool rock and rollers that listen to this show and like to turn each other on to great new music. No place better than the Decibel Geek community. And then you got to leave us one of those sweet, sweet Facebook recommendations. And if you give them to us good and they got all the stars, we're going to read it on the show. We would have done that today, but we don't have any. What are you going to do? Yeah. What we do have is some really, really awesome friends out there. You know, every time we come out with a new episode, we release the statement on Facebook. We release the statement on Twitter, and we say, hey, this is the new episode. These are the posts that make that known to the world. Then our friends, if they're on Twitter, they retweet it. If they're on Facebook, they share it. And when that goes out, Chris gets the list of everybody that did that. It shows your friends what you're into, which is the Decibel Geek podcast. And they go, man, I love this person. They're cool as hell. If they're listening to this podcast, I should too. And then the best part of it all is by sharing that and retweeting it, you become an honorary Geek of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Kevin Williams, Jason Warden, Shay Hargett, Rob Webb, Pantheon Podcast, Shane Abair. 
David Glenn, Paul Neighbor, Sit and Spin with Joe, Thor Bjorn Olson, Mike Parnell, John Harper, Jeffrey Mendenhall, John Phillips, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Simon Cat, Kristen Schimbeck, JJP, Body of the Soul, JJ McElhenney, Jay Shablewski, Doug Fox, Ernesto Aguiar, Eladio, Lil Willie, A to Z, Kevin's on Fire, Power Cord, Tom Smoke, DJ Danny Myers, Vet Halen, Keith Rockford, Chris Vickery, David Cathy, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Scott Crouch, and as always, the, the Mooger, Mooger Fooger. See you this weekend, brother. That's right. If you want to become an honorary geek of the week, it's just as simple as that. Share it, retweet it, help us get the word out about what we're doing, and we're going to read your name right here on next week's episode. You can guarantee that. We are a proud part of Pantheon Podcasts. You don't know about Pantheon? Man, you're missing out on something. This is a company that's come together and said, let's take the best of the best music podcasts from all over the world. Let's put them all in one place so that anybody that wants to find the best music podcasts can just come to Pantheon. So you go to Pantheon.com, check out their whole roster because they're the best, you know, I'm telling you. Why do it if you're just going to pick and choose some half-assed podcasts? No, these guys only want the best ones. So if you dig what we're doing, if you love Cobras and Fire, if you love Rock and or Roll, if you love the Shout It Out Loud podcast, man, that's the place to be because that's where we're all at. So give them a check out over at Pantheon. Yeah, I love that. Ah, Well, are you ready? Yeah, let's answer some insane questions. All right, I'm afraid. I'm a little bit afraid. A lot of interesting questions, some good, some weird. Um, but uh, we'll do this, ask us. And then I got this idea from Reddit because they have the ask me anything. So I was like, we'll just do ask us anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, No, it was cool. We had a fun time with it the last yeah, time we did. Yeah, remember? so uh, some stuff's music related, some stuff's not. Um, we'll get to all of it. Um, you, just want, you want me to narrate this or you want to do it? Uh, let's see. Well, we were going to record two episodes tonight, and I was going to rely on you to narrate the other one, so I'll handle this one, and we'll just go right down the line here as we got them. So the first one comes to somebody we know and love and respect the hell out of, amazing rock and roll journalist and author, Mr. Julie Hill, has got a question for the Decibel Geek podcast, and it is, if a band still has the required members available... Would you be most disappointed if they did not do a reunion of sorts before it's too late? So which one would... It's an interesting question, and it, and it makes sense. You know, re, as a matter of fact, if you don't know right now, Skid Row has got a new album coming out. They've got a brand new mm-hmm. singer. He is awesome. The new song they put out, The Gang's All Here, is pretty damn good. I'm really excited to hear the rest of the album. However, when Skid Row made the announcement that they had a new singer, a good portion of the fans are always going to say, well, why can't you just get Sebastian Bach back? He is the voice of Skid Row. He's the one everybody wants to see with you guys together. Why can't you do Mm -hmm. that? And there is some validity to that because, like Julian says, you know, it's the idea of if you've got the ability to do it and the fans want to see it, why not do it before it's too late? Now, we know with Skid Row, there's a million and 52 reasons why they don't want to hang out with Sebastian Bach. 
And most of us, if we had any kind of experience with Sebastian Bach, pretty well get it. Yeah. We get it, you know. But there's a lot of people that don't get it. And it's because of that. It's because they would love to see it. Now, would I like to see it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'd definitely love to see it. But do I want to see Snake Sabo and and every and the rest Rachel and Scotty up there with their sad faces on and they're playing the guitars because they're hanging out with Sebastian Bach and they're not having any fun? That's no good either. Yeah. No, I it kind of goes both ways. And yeah, they they the skid row thing came up a couple times with some of the questions we got submitted. Um I don't you know, Eric Grunwall is a great singer and you know, yeah. he was uh great with the band Heat and you know, started doing his own thing. I I think um I don't blame them for going this route. Uh it's one of those things where you know, he was kind of famous through reality TV on like the American Idol Swedish version. Yeah. So he's he's built a giant following online, and then you know he got a lot of attention on the Monsters of Rock cruise over the years. So I get why they went with this kid. He's got great pipes. He can hit all the high notes, um, and he loves it, man. He's so happy to be a part of it. It's obvious. Yeah. I did watch some of the first show footage of of him with them. He's a little awkward as the front man. Uh, I think that will work itself out over time. Yeah. Um, you can't really judge anything based on the first show. No, uh-uh. but his, he'll be up there with, with Rachel and Rachel have him entertaining like no other, no time. You know, yeah. those guys are pros, but I think I thought, you know, he hits all the notes. I, I, I I'm, I, you know, and the new song, I like it. I think the chorus could have used some work, but I, I mean, compared to, I will, let me bring this. Cause like it did this, announcement did cause me to go back and listen to some of the was it the the Solinger years yeah well what was the last record the oh the uh world rebellion world rebellion yeah so i well that was Solinger, right yes okay yeah. the last one that came out was yeah and then they were supposed to record another one With it was like part one part two yeah and the part two i think or part three i lose track i think it was part three yeah, so one and two was Solinger. Three was supposed to be that ZP Therat. Yeah. And then that all of a sudden is gone. So I think there's an album that's recorded out there that's not been released mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. And so then this must be a whole new start with Skid Yeah, at I get this the, point then. I get the vibe this was a brand new song. And I, I like the song for the most part, but I did go back and listen to the United World Rebellion, the last one they put out. And that musically sounded pretty close to Slave to the Grind era stuff. Yeah. But the vocals weren't quite up to snuff, so I'd almost, I almost wonder if they would re-record those vocals with, with Eric singing them because it's, it, I, it, I listen to that and I'm like, man, musically it's great, but I don't know about vocals. So um, I am, but it definitely, you know, it's definitely the most intriguing thing that this band's done in several years. Uh, so... I think that business-wise, it was a smart move. And, you know, I shared Stevie Rochelle's post on it, which was spot on of of why they don't get back with Bach. And we've gone over that a million times on the show. But it's I get fans want to see Bach get back with them. But, guys, I mean, there's a human element here. They have to put up with his shit. And if these guys are turning down millions of million-dollar offers to do shows with him, that must tell you something. Right, yeah. I mean, come on. You know, most of the time, in most situations, you look past things for that kind of money. Easily. When things are not look pastable, even for that kind of money, it speaks volumes. It really does.
I think to get back to Ju- to Julian's question though, is there any band that has the the members available that you would like you'd be bummed if they didn't end up doing a reunion? I mean, clearly the number one is going to be Kiss. You know, I would love to see at least one thing with those four original members together doing something again, even if it's yeah. just one thing. Yeah. Well, like a, a few songs at the last concert, I would like yeah, to see Yeah, something that. like that. Yeah. Something where they all come out in their full gear, you know? One final show with the last four members. You guys don't have to ever see each other again after this. You know, just go out there and kick ass for an hour. I wanted to see, and I know Robin Crosby's dead, but um, the the version of Rat that put out the Infestation album, I wanted to see them do more. Yeah. And, with Carlos Cavazo on guitar, I would have been, I'd be up for that. Well, um, that one's not, that one's already past happen. its expiration date. Yeah. So who else um, would really be out there? Um, I'd like to see Pink Floyd. I mean, that'll never happen. Well, uh, with well Roger? No, you couldn't really do Pink Floyd either because most of them guys are gone. But a re-collaboration between Waters and uh, Gilmore. And Gilmore. Uh, but that yeah, one's never going to happen. happen. You got a better chance of seeing Ace Fraley on stage with Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons and Peter Chris for that happens. I wouldn't mind seeing Great White get back together with Jack, but yeah. uh, although Jackson in a rough spot lately, so I don't I don't know how his health is bad. Yeah, um, that's one too where they both seem pretty good on their own. Yeah, and they got no real need to get back together. But for the fans, if they if you thought, hey. You know, you guys have it in you to go out there and kick ass together or write new music or come up with a new album together. That would be pretty great. I'll tell you one that it's a bit left field for our audience, but for me personally as a, you know, a teenager of the 90s, I'd like to see White Zombie do something together yeah, again. Yeah. You know, I got into, I saw a cool interview that uh, I think it was either Metal Injection, I think, um, did... Uh, did a like a reuniting interview with the other three without Rob for uh, the Los Exorcisto anniversary. That's cool, and and it was a great interview. And it's just like I, you kind of forget they were a very unique band for that time in the you know early to mid nineties, and um, they didn't have a lot of good stuff to say about Rob, which kind of sucks. But yeah. uh, well, I suppose you know that he went on to be the star, and they all kind of got left. Well, yeah, they he kind of just dumped them. And, um, the drummer, there's that, like the, it was the drummer, uh, Ivan that they had before John Tempesta who came in for Astro Creep. And, um, there's really no love lost there with them. And, you know, Shania Salt was, she's the bass player, but she was in a relationship with Rob, yeah. you know, while the band was going on. So I can imagine that probably had an effect on things, but, um, they didn't really trash him, but you could tell that they were kind of like, well, you know, he's his own thing now and uh he's gonna do what he wants. But like we haven't we've had zero contact with him. And I like some Rob Zombie solo stuff, but White Zombie was a real unique animal, you know. I, I really dug them back in those days. Yeah, me too. I would say another one from back then would be great would be the original Guns N' Roses, the Appetite for Destruction era. With Them Adler. guys are all still yeah. alive. You could do it. Yeah, and then you know, other than you know they gave, they they threw Stephen a bone a couple of concerts, letting him play like two songs, and those were like the most magical things that they did. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I even if they didn't do a record together, I wish they would let Adler play a full set with him because I th- I think he still has it in him. And figure out a way to get Izzy Stradlin back out there too. You know, somebody got a photo of him recently. Yeah. 
Yeah. What does he do nowadays? He, he does nothing. Whatever he wants. He's got millions <laughs> of dollars, I suppose. I think he's got enough money where he doesn't have to do anything. But yeah, like somebody ran into him somewhere and took a selfie with him. But uh, you could tell it was him. But yeah, he looks like an old guy now. Yeah, we all do. So, uh, all right. So that's uh, our friend Henning Henning Mielke, our friend from Germany, yeah. had an interesting question about Mutt Lang. That's an interesting one. Do you think Mutt Lang ever considered producing Kiss in the '80s, and vice versa? Do you think he would have been a good fit? And if so, which direction would he have taken Kiss? I mean, I would rather have oh. him doing, uh, giving Kiss the uh, in '81, giving them the the back in black treatment, than music from the Elder. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Imagine that if Mutt Lang to. instead of crazy old Bob Ezrin would have come in instead for the Elder, I and mean, he would have said, "I just got done working on this album, and I've got it. You guys just need to be like ACDC and just give me give me eight killer rock songs." All right. I think, and I'm just going to be brutally honest here. I think Kiss probably considered him. I don't think he ever considered them. Yeah, um, it's possible. I think, I think Mutt was looking at bands that were on the ascent, yeah. and Kiss. Let's be honest. In the '80s, they were not on the ascent. Yeah, because as Kiss and, is kind of coming down, he's on his way up. You know. Yeah, and I think. I mean. I would love to see them work together, especially with what he did with ACDC. And, I mean, <clears throat> I know a lot of Def Leppard fans don't like what he did to the band, but you can't deny the production level of what he brought to that band. Mm. Um, but also, he's a bit of a control freak, and I don't think Paul and Gene would have worked well with him. So I I, I don't think he, he definitely would not have been a good fit because Paul and Gene would not want to release the reins enough to him to make it work. Yeah. But imagine, like, yeah. uh, Crazy Nights done hysteria style well they, they were kind of in that ballpark with what they anyway, did with Madison. yeah, yeah. So, but i think they were taking cues from bon jovi and def leppard yeah. and aerosmith at that time so i mean i it, it's an interesting question i wouldn't have mind seeing them work together but i don't think paul and Jim, i just think it would have been an oil and water mix between the the three of them yeah i agree with that good question though thanks henning great question all right up next we got christopher stokes our good friend yeah, this is a good one here. In your personal lives, what are both of your worst and best aspects of your main gigs, your professions, other than podcaster, convention organized, and or wrestling guru? <laughs> you don't think we do this for our main jobs? We don't. Um. <laughs> but after this week's episode, we should get some more Decibel Geek VIPs, I bet. Let's hope so. Then we can retire. <laughs> Please, people, if you could just give a dollar a day, we could do this show almost every day. A dollar a day could save you from a struggling That's podcast. Right. Think about that. If everybody that listened to this gave a dollar a day, you could get a new episode every other day. <laughs> Cue the sad Sarah McLaughlin uh, song. Just give it. Give the sound. Oh, you go. You go first on this one. What? What's the best and worst part of your main gig? Huh. Well, I mean, the best part about any main gig, I guess, is the fact that they give me a paycheck every two weeks. But I've got a pretty interesting job. You know, I started out when I came to Nashville, I was looking for a job and I got into apartment maintenance. This all ties in with Decibel Geek because the job on the Craigslist, when I found Chris looking for a co-host for Decibel Geek, 
opened the door to what I do now. So I got the job as a maintenance tech at an apartment complex, had really no experience, told me, you know, I do stuff around the house, you know, I, I can handle like most basic things. But I said, you know, I'll come here every day, I'll be on time 99% of the time, and whatever you teach me, I'm smart enough, I can learn it, you know, and I can do it. You just say, if you teach me, I'll do it. And so that old guy named Tom, who was awesome, you know, he taught me so much, you know, good and bad, but I learned all from him. And, you know, another guy that was there named Johnny taught me a lot. And, you know, within two years, between circumstance and becoming so damn good at it with the aspect of the customer service, plus being able to fix stuff, plus all the other aspects of it, within two years, I was maintenance supervisor at these apartment complex. So from there, I jumped to another job that was maintenance and then another job that was maintenance was trying different things and ended up back in apartments and we were doing great. We were doing really good and we were all caught up on our work orders. We were getting all the bonuses. We were getting all the awards. We were getting everything you could possibly get as a maintenance crew. And I got a call from a guy who was a regional manager of mine and said, got an opportunity for you you really ought to check it out how's your job going and I said my job's going great you know we got it so good here and it was the same but it was different it was working for restaurants in Nashville in the city some of the best restaurants in the city as a matter of fact some of the fancy ones that people come to Nashville specifically to eat at and it was a little outside the box and I didn't want to leave my team but I thought you know I'll regret it if I don't try it and so now I work for one of the most prestigious companies in Nashville, providing maintenance for the restaurants, given the, the, I mean, the people I work with are out of this world, man. They're not just, you think of somebody as a cook. That ain't these people. These people are freaking artists, like seriously, like food artists. And I respect the shit out of them. So I want to make sure that their canvases are always top notched so they can, you know, create their art the way they do it so that all the customers are totally satisfied all the time because when somebody comes to one of these kind of restaurants it's usually for a pretty big deal so I don't want them to see no bullshit in the restaurant anything broken anything not working and so I take it so seriously that it really takes up a huge chunk of my life but like I said it's important to me to do a good job and you know I love it so you know the worst of it is it's hard-ass work, you know, and a lot of times I'm wore out. Like last Wednesday night, Chris went to see Judas Priest. I went to the hot tub with a couple of bare aspirin, and that's where I held up for the night. But uh, it's very rewarding, too. It's, it's a pretty good job. I like what I do. Yeah, well... And you know, Aaron's job's a lot more involved than mine. I mean, I mean, I I work in healthcare billing, and I work from home, so I don't really have a downside, <laughs> to be honest with you. Other than, uh, I might, I honestly, I think as far as a day job can go, I have a pretty pretty easy gig. Um, I'm done in about half the time it takes for my day. And I hope <laughs> none of my bosses are listening to this. Um, I'm pretty much done halfway through the day with my jobs. So that's why I'm able to work on Decibel Geek and Rock and Pod and stuff like that. Um, but no, I work from home. My wife works from home, and uh, I've been doing it for five years at this job. So everything's very much routine. And uh, yeah, I watch. Uh, I surf Facebook and 
watch YouTube all day. I have no complaints about my job. Uh, obviously, I like to do Decibel Geek and Rock and Pod full time, but for only a dollar a day, you can help this poor man realize that dream. <laughs> Another fun fact about that is uh, my wife works from home and has recently started a new job working at the same company as Chris and his wife. That's right. She's part of our family now. <laughs> Made sure we put yeah, Chris's we, name on the referral. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll get that check in about six months, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As the the way the medical industry runs. but That's funny. But no, I, I, I've gotten into this job and I got through into the healthcare industry through my wife. Um, before that, it was all about data entry and stuff like that. But I've had a lot of gigs over the I've done restaurant work. I've done newspaper work. But uh, no, I'm, I'm in a good spot right now. I can't complain. Right on. That's awesome. Good question, Christopher. Thanks for yeah. that, man. All right. The next one, Steve Szlepski. That's always going to be my downfall is pronouncing names. Fellow guy with a Z in his name. Uh, which album do you and Aaron Camaro disagree on the most? Do we disagree on anything? I don't know. Uh, who sucks worse, Bon Jovi or Def Leppard? <laughs> that one's never been truly decided. I don't. I don't know that there's a particular album we disagree on that we. Um, I, know, I don't know. I know you're a big you, Queen fan, and I'm not really so much into that. Yeah, I love a lot of the Queen stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I can't pinpoint like a particular record. I'm not um, really much of a Nickelback fan myself. Oh, me neither. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm really. I promised I myself I'd dig deeper into the Juice Newton discography. Uh, <laughs> the joke that will not die. Even Kristen like comes out, sends me a picture of a Juice Newton album at a record store. Do you have this one? Mm-hmm. I said I have them all, of course. That made me laugh. Um, I do own one. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a particular record. Um, I don't know what about Slippery When Wet. I love that record. You don't like that one, do you? I mean, it's all right. That's if if I have to listen to Bon Jovi, that's the stuff I prefer. Is like but Slippery I mean, When Wet and earlier. I even like Crush and Bounce. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I gotta, yeah. I gotta draw the line at New. <laughs> I gotta draw the line like a quarter of the way through New Jersey. <laughs> like a, Bon Jovi tore this podcast apart. <laughs> oh man! Good question, Speaking though. of bands that almost tore the podcast part, part did you hear that uh, Denman broke up? I did. I saw Dakota's post about it. Yeah, and I and Ben's like disappeared. His brother has disappeared off Facebook. Wow. So I don't know yeah, what that was a band I don't know what just a couple of years ago. So many people were really excited about, and then I don't know, it just don't work out sometimes. I guess. Yeah, I was. We were pulling for those guys, Big time. but yeah, uh, they were talented. But yeah, did, didn't uh, didn't work out. I mean, that's the the way of the music industry. Rock and roll's not easy. For those that tough it out, you know, there there can be some reward. All right, so that brings right. us to our next question. This is from our awesome friend, Eric Hernandez. He wants to know the moment that we each became KISS fans. Do you have a moment? Oh, I've shared it a million times on the show. Um, Nightmares about Peter Chris's Panthers. That's before I became a fan. but uh, And also dreaming about Gene Simmons breaking through a wall and murdering <laughs> me and my family. But uh, that didn't make me a fan. Um that's like the early, early, that's around the Creatures of the Night era. That's so you saw Paul Stanley's blue G-string sticking out, and you're like, now I know why I love this band. 
Fuck you for that. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, I mean, same era, but like I was really into like hair metal bands and the power ballad thing was big and I was 12 and um, Reason to Live was on Dial MTV and did well. And I liked them from that. And then my brother gave me a live and then I put on side uh, disc two, side two. The beginning of Rock Bottom starts off with this dreary little acoustic thing. And I'm like, I don't care about this. So I go to the next thing, and it's the whole rap about vodka and orange juice and everything. And then it goes into Cold Gen. And when Cold Gen started playing and the drums come in, that was the moment that I became a Kiss fan. And I listened to it like 20 times in a row. That's the moment. Nice. I don't know if I got an exact moment. I mean, I remember listening to my Aunt Pam's double platinum album and just being blown away by it. Like, whatever it was captivated me. And then I think seeing them, like probably seeing a picture yeah. or, you know, whatever it was, you know, the album artwork, whatever it's, it's the first, it was the music and then seeing them. And it was, then I was a crazy little kid who wanted kiss records for Christmas. My parents are going something wrong with junior here. You know, all he wants is rock and roll, you know? And so, but they gave it to me. So yeah. I did all right. You know, my parents took good care of me. My aunts and uncles had kiss records, you know, they was, it was everything. It was just the music and then seeing them, and that was it. Changed yeah. my life yeah. forever. We've, uh, yeah, we've gone over that a lot of times in yeah. the show. But thanks for the question. That, that was a good question. All right, so the next one is a good one. Yeah, this is a good one right here. I've been waiting to hear this one myself. This comes from C.T. McManus, and he wants to know, is there anything new that you can share about Rock and Pod? Chris Sinzak. Yes, there is. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'll do... Um, Tell them about the party. Oh, the, well, yeah. Okay, so you know, actually, probably by the time this will come out, I can go ahead and say this, I guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not doing the expo in 2022, but we are going to do something cool for podcasters and for people that aren't podcasters, actually. Um, but the, if you're a podcaster, there'll be a package. We're going to do July 23rd, 2022. We're going to have a whole day planned for you. You can register, you pay the, the fee, you get to do all three things. So it'll be um, the morning of Saturday, t- July 23rd at SAE Nashville, which is by Music Row, very historical area. Um, we'll have speakers and workshops going on that morning till about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Lunch will be served to you. And then there will be a break, and then we'll all go downtown. We'll go to where Municipal Auditorium is, where I've seen many great concerts including Judas Priest last week where they have the Musicians Hall of Fame and it's an amazing museum and it's not just country stuff it's R&B rock and roll everything and it's like you know studio used gear and all kinds of cool stuff from the history of music and um, we're going to have a curated tour with the with Jay McDowell who was in BR549 he's also the curator of the Hall of Fame, and that'll be a guided tour there. And then we're going to wrap up the night at Bowie's, which is literally right over the hill from the Hall of Fame on 3rd Avenue in the heart of downtown. And we'll have Rock United, which is Greg Mangus and Sandy Gennaro on drums and Ricky Dover Jr. on guitar. And if you've been to Rock and Pod pre-parties in the past, you've seen them live. Oh, yeah. And then uh, closing out the night will be Power Slave, an amazing Judas, uh, an amazing Iron Maiden tribute. And uh, with Terry Palace on vocals. And if you can't have Bruce Dickinson, Terry Palace is as close as you're going to get because he sounds exactly like him. So yeah. that'll be a, a full-on day. 
And then uh, Rockin' Pod 2023, the full-on convention, will be April of next year. And then for those of you upset that you couldn't come hang out with us this summer, well, we're making up for that too with a good old get-together. It sounds pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's a nice placeholder. And uh, Tracy McAndrew, who helps me every year with Rock and Pod, is spearheading it all so Heck I can yeah. stay sane. And But, no, it's uh, part of Rock and Pod getting pushed off. Um, I'll just be honest on here. Um, was my Our daughter, Hannah, the, this is our youngest kid. She's graduating high school this year, so it's kind of like, you know, have as much time with her as you can before they all go off into adulthood. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to not drive myself crazy while she's going through all these important moments and kind of enjoy the family for a little bit. Right on. I can dig that yeah. for sure. Awesome. So where can people sign up for that? Uh, well, by the time it's available, uh, I'll have uh, through all the Rock and Pod social media channels, I'll have the link out. All right. So if you're not a part of all those, go to Rock and Pod on the Facebook and get in on it. Follow it, like it, all that good stuff. Decibel Geek Podcast Facebook page. Get a like onto there. Hell, even join the Decibel Geek community group and you never miss out on any of the information that we're trying to get to you so that you can come party with us this summer. Even though yeah. we're waiting until early next year for Rockin' Pod, we can still have a good time this year. So join us for that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. The, if you're not in the Decibel Geek community group on Facebook, uh, join up because that's where it seems to be like the main activity center these days. We we get way more traffic on that than we do on our page. Yeah, it's a pretty happening place. All the cool rock and rollers out there talking about what they love, rock and roll music. All right. Well, check this one out. This one's a fun question. I like this, too. It comes from us, our good friends from the Rock and Metal Profs podcast, Matt Alshbach. And he asks this. Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro, here is my question. If you two were going to star in a buddy comedy slash sitcom, what would the premise be and what would it be called? I'm envisioning Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> He's picturing us in dressed drag, in drag. Yeah. That's kind of scary. Uh, I thought about this at one time when like Mark Marin had his TV show and it was about mm-hmm. him and his podcast. And I thought... Man, that would be really fun if we could do something like that, but have like rock stars come on as guest stars on the TV show. And, you know, all the stuff that we go through putting this show together and lining stuff up and timing things out. And there's some comedy gold that's there. And then more of that could be written in. (laughs) (laughs) You've thought about it way more than I have. (laughs) I thought about this seriously at one time. Like, that would be so much fun to do. And it's like, but so much work and don't have the time, but for a dollar right. a day. <laughs> Let's keep going back to the, to the pitch. I'm realizing how true it is <laughs> for a dollar a day. Yeah. I like that idea though. Come huh? I do too. Like a show um, about the show. Oh, I was just, I was picturing us as like uh detectives or yeah. something. Uh, like, or, uh, like, well, when we were still in search of Vinnie Vincent, it would have been an interesting detective-type show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cagney and Vinny. Which one's which? The, oh. <laughs> I mean, you're saying Vinnie Vincent look, looks like Tyne Daly? <laughs> oh, man. Well, our, 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 you know, the whole premise would be Aaron wants to go to a Tough concert, and Chris spends the whole time trying to tell him why that's a bad idea. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, 
But no, yeah, I, I don't know. A TV show would be pretty. That funny. would be pretty funny. We'd be awesome at that. If only we had the time <laughs> and the resources right. and the budget and the budget. It'd be pretty low budget. <laughs> We'd do it with our phones. There'd be no budget. Exactly. Our phone bills would be the budget. Right. That's a good question, though. I like that. It's good thinking. I do too. All right, James J. McElhenney, our good friend, shares the show all the time. Constant decibel geek, geek of the week. Yep. He's got a pretty interesting thing here. It's a mini bracket. Ozzy guitarist post Randy Rhodes versus Dio guitarist post Vivian Campbell. Okay. So in the first round, he's got Jakey e. Lee versus Gus G. I mean, I, I just got to go with Jake. Yeah, Jake. All right, Brad Gillis versus Zach Wild. I got to go with Zach, Zach yeah. <laughs> Craig Goldie versus Tracy G. I'm going with Craig Goldie on this one. I would go with Tracy yeah. G. Yeah, mm, that's a tough one there. And finally, Doug Aldrich versus Rowan Robertson. That's a tough I'd one. Go with, I would go with Rowan. Yeah, I think me too. I think me too. So there you go. Broke them down for you. Does that keep going? So we've got to do Jake versus Zach? Uh, uh, well, yeah, Jake versus Zach. That's I, pretty I, tough. I, for, That's where I don't hmm. go. I, yeah, it's a tough one. I guess I would. Mm, that's hard. That is hard. Uh, that's, real, that's really the championship yeah. there. Uh, I guess I would probably go with Zach for overall catalog. Yeah, I think so, too. You give it to Zach. He's produced a lot more music over the years than Jake E. Lee has. Everything Jake does is so awesome, that, though. So then that gives Zach the, the, the Zach gets the title because he's going to beat whoever wins the other yeah. bracket. But I tell you what, if it came down to discography versus discography, like you can only listen to one or the other, I'd have uh-huh. to go with Jake E. Lee because then I'd lose the Enough's Enough Dissonance album. And that's like my favorite Enough's Enough album, so I can't lose that. So I got to go with Jake E. Lee. If All that's right. if well, that's the criteria. There's something we don't agree yeah, on. Yeah, there you go. There it is. <laughs> All right, the next one's from Jason Warden. Would Kiss have stayed a huge draw if they returned to rock after Dynasty and Ace and Pete cleaned up and stayed in the band? Or was it really up-and-coming acts that hurt them, not just Unmasked and The Elder? Every band has got that trajectory. You know, they can't stay on the tip, tippy top forever. And Kiss, before that, they were at the tippy top of the music yeah. world, of the entertainment world, really. Mm. It's hard to say that without... Because if you look ahead to the reunion and what a huge deal that was when the four original members got back together and put the makeup on, mm. none of that happens if they never take it off, if they never break up. So KISS no. kind of falls, I think, because even at that, so no you're, no Eric Carr in history, no Vinnie Vincent, none of those albums. So they, they come out with Dynasty, and then they come back with a killer album. Maybe, let's say, the best album they ever created. Does it make a difference? I don't think it would have mattered. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so either. I, they they might have prolonged it with the diehards for another year, but that's just the diehards. I don't, and I you know a lot of people like well 
dynasty they went with the disco direction with i was made for loving you it's just the, the, the tickets were on well the tickets were on sale for that tour well before yeah. that and they tried to book multiple dates in a lot of venues and they had had to cancel a lot of them because of lack of ticket sales i can't i don't think that the, the i just think they were oversaturated you know between the you know the movie and and the toys and everything i just think they kind of killed their value and also you know, people's tastes change over yeah. the years. You and know, that's they, where it really does have a lot to do with the up-and-coming acts because I remember my Uncle Bruce always telling me the story because I was little kid, Kiss crazy. But I was what right. he hated about Kiss, really, because he went and seen Kiss on that tour and he sees a bunch of little kids in the crowd and he sees Judas Priest. And it changes everything for yeah. him. Like He looks at Judas Priest and goes, and has got, you know, a dangerous side to him. That's what... I liked about Kiss, and now I look at Kiss, and I see that all these little kids love them. I see my nephew is insane over this band. It's not for me anymore, and so mm -hmm. that's really kind of I think what happened yeah. when Kiss didn't, when they weren't dangerous anymore, when parents weren't afraid of them, when they sure. looked like real life superheroes in the Dynasty era. And like you said, just oversaturated. Mm -hmm. Everything that's hugely popular yeah. eventually has got to drop everywhere. off. It's just got to. Well, and I, that, that that's an American thing too. It's like you know, when a, in America, if you get overexposed, then people will just cut you off at the knees. Now, at the same time, I still think from a business perspective, they played it as smart as you could because they right. were huge everywhere else. You know. And they sold a lot. The amount of money they made off licensing their name and stuff on all that stuff, from a business perspective, I think they played it exactly the way you could. Now, as a legacy, that's a different story. Otherwise, it would have just drug into the dirt. And eventually, they'd all just pissed off somewhere, you know. They'd all been solo acts, or half of them would be dead, you know. And Ace Frehley said it himself. If, they, if that wouldn't have happened the way it did, he'd probably be dead. Yeah, probably. And so then you're looking at changing changing the timeline here you know so that messes all kinds of things up yeah i mean the, the the rule is you have to go away long enough for people to miss you right you know, yeah. that, that's the way it worked out and then as the kids in the 80s we can tell you without even ever actually seeing them live we miss the shit out of original kiss and fantasize what it would be like oh, to yeah. see original kiss so then in the 90s when it happened it was one of the biggest things that ever happened in my life. You know, I'm grateful to live in the time that I did because of that. Yeah, but I still love, so, I love the eighties kiss though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But it was Definitely. always the, it was always the, in the back of your head of the, what if, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's a great question. Yeah. All right. Next one comes to, to us from Kyle Farley and he wants to know what made you and Aaron Camaro decide to start the podcast. Why'd we start the podcast and man, for days like this, to be able to answer your questions, that's the answer. Yeah, I mean, we've answered. I think everybody's heard the other one a million times. We have the story. But, you know, I I did rock journalism for a while. I transcribed interviews, got sick of doing it, got an office job, got into podcasting, had some interviews because of a book I was writing about Vinnie Vincent that I lost in a computer crash, but I still had the little recorder. And I'm like, well, I could use these interviews for a podcast. Started the podcast, did a few episodes on my own but then realized like I kind of suck at doing this on my own and put an ad on Craigslist and that's where Aaron comes in. And then Aaron found the ad and we met and then we went from there. As you heard earlier, I was looking for a real job. 
Yeah. And I went and talked to Chris. And I said, this <laughs> podcasting sounds like the wave of the future. And he said, if only uh, people would give us a dollar a day. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going back. That's a good callback. <laughs> yeah. And it never happened. But we I still do it, you know. So. you. That's right. <laughs> it's not going to help if I sing, is it? Oh, man. That's awesome. But that's the, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. All right. Brian Davis wants to know, what was the first live concert each of you saw? Sorry if this was covered before. And first concerts you went to alone without your parents, if it wasn't the same concert. I think, honestly, I think back, like the first to me, I think my first real concert was Kiss on the Revenge Tour. But I did see the Violent Femmes one time when we were young and we snuck into a club when we were like 18. No, I had to have been younger than that. I forget who I was with, but I swear I seen the Violent Femmes one time when I was real young. Because, I mean, they just played everywhere in Wisconsin all the time. Like, you walked around the corner and there were the Violent Femmes. But as far as, like, oh, wow. first real concert, uh, my friends, the Dinges Brothers, took me. And we went down to Madison, Wisconsin to see Kiss on the Revenge Tour. It was the first time my parents let me actually go to a concert. Because I begged them to let me go the previous tour the one that Chris seen for the first time, the Hot in the Shade okay. tour, and they wouldn't let me go. I guess I would, they didn't think I could handle it or my supervisor. Which is funny because you're older than me. Yeah, my <laughs> chaperones. They probably were more worried for my chaperones. Like, he's going to lose it and just go nuts and disappear. But uh, by that f next time around, they let me go. And, uh, yeah, changed my life again. I saw... It was um, the first time. Well, the first real concert without parents was the kiss hot in the shade tour in nashville because my brother had just gotten his license and him and his girlfriend drove me um but at first concert i well notable concert i've seen i mean obviously we all went to like the band shell at the park and saw yeah. bands play but that's that doesn't count one interesting one um was in kennesaw georgia we saw um it was like a group of southern bands playing and like we had a friend from down the street who this guy I even remember his name was Chip. I don't know why I remember this. He was in a band called Rare Breed, and they never made it, but they were playing, and then the headlining band, this was at the Little League Baseball Field, was the Black Crows. Wow. And I saw, so and they, but they were absolute nobodies at the time. But yeah, so I saw the Black Crows when they were like nobodies. Wow. And I, I had a band one time called the Rare Breed. Did you? Yeah, for real. But yeah, so like we went to see Chip's band play and then we stayed because we were having a good time and then the Black Crows came on and, but like, I don't, I do remember the song Jealous again, which was their first single. I remember hearing that, but other than that, I couldn't tell you much about it, but I do remember seeing the Black Crows at, on a little league baseball field in Kennesaw, Georgia. Wow. But because the, they were from that area. I was going to say, they're like the violent femmes in Wisconsin. You walk around the corner, there's the Black Crows yep. playing. But yeah. Jealous yeah. again. And that's the only time I've ever seen the Black Crows live. <laughs> that's wild. That's cool, though. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Kiss Hot in the Shade Tour in Nashville with uh, Slaughter and Danger Danger opening. Right on. Mm -hmm. All right, let's keep it moving. We got a question here from the original doctor, Dr. Fuck. <laughs> You're going to read this one. Okay. Ralph Vieira. <laughs> How is it possible you guys can still do episodes now that Andrew Jacobs 
is no longer a fan. Oh, honestly, I forgot all about that until he just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Jacobs. You guys remember Andrew, don't you? He used to write for the site. He was, yeah, he was a writer for Decibel Geek Podcast. Um, he would, he was a honorary geek of the week every week for the longest time. Big fan of the show. One of the very first people to ever reach out to us and say they loved what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody got along with him just fine. He'd go on other podcasts and not get along so well. Yeah. And then one day he just decided he didn't love us anymore and he well, disappeared. It it's caught well because it came down to we are friends with Ralph and Ian. Yeah. And Ralph and Ian had a crusade against him, and I think it still continues to this day. Clearly. Um, <laughs> yeah, clearly, because of Ralph bringing it up now. Um, but he got to the point where he basically said, you support these guys, so I no longer support you. And, hey, that's fair. You know, um, sure. he doesn't he doesn't have to be a support. I do appreciate the time that he used to share our episodes and Definitely. contribute to the website. I have nothing bad to say about Andrew. And... I also made it clear that I don't, you know, those guys are going to do what they're going to do. I'm not their dad. And uh, I can't tell somebody else what to say or not to say on their podcast. But at the same time, Ian and Ralph are friends or like in real life, friends of ours. So I'm not going to sacrifice a friendship over a beef that they have with somebody else. That's the way it that's the way it boils down to me. Sorry, guys. Andrew Jacobs says we can't be friends with you anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, how dumb does that sound? You know, I I may not agree with what they say and how they go about things, but that's their business, not mine. Exactly. So, I mean, like you said, you know, we appreciate all the time and, you know, that he spent supporting the show and everything. And, you know, it's a sure. bummer it had to go that way. And, you know, I'd have personal conversations with the guy that were always real friendly and real nice, but... You know, you got involved with the guys on the the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. You kind of know what you're you're asking for. You better be on your toes if you're going to make an appearance on that show. They're going to yeah. going to eat your ass alive. And you know, there's we've had several people that you know were quote unquote super fans of Decibel Geek over the years that kind of come and go. You know, that's and that's kind of that goes along with it. I'm sure you dealt with that in radio too. You know, it's. Some people are kind of on board with you for a little while and then they fade away and that's fine. You know, there's podcasts I listen to now that I didn't 10 years ago and vice right. versa. Yeah, definitely. There's podcasts I used to love that I, li- I wouldn't miss for a week and then now I never listen. There's nothing personal yeah. against them. I've got a couple like that too. Like one I listened to like religiously, like I just, I found it and then I like got caught up with it and then somewhere along the line, it just something something changed about the show and it wasn't as fun anymore and then i wasn't ex- as excited about it you know the new one coming out and then after a while i just stopped listening to it and sometimes i wonder you know maybe i should go back and give it another try yeah but there's well, so just, many podcasts out there now well, you know you know t- tastes change over the years there's podcasts that ha- really haven't changed but i have you know so i don't listen to them much but the way I view it is, uh, if you've ever listened to us, I appreciate Most it. Most definitely. And we've never changed. I don't think so. Still do brackets on Friday nights and shit. <laughs> True. All right. Hey, look here. It's Mark Alden Taylor. Talk about somebody that's been our friend for a long, long time. He wants to know what is the worst album that everyone you know hates, but you guys love. 
That's something hmm. that everybody hates that I love. I guess, I mean, everybody hates the Violent Femmes except for me. That's true. Everybody loves to pick on me for liking Tough so much. That's yeah. You're an easy target. <laughs> everybody gives me shit about Ugly Kid Joe. Everybody gives me shit about Enough's Enough. Well, you can't. You you brought me around on on uh, Ugly Kid Joe. Um, and Enough's Enough and Local H. See, everybody yeah. thinks the stuff I like sucks. And then I make them listen to it, and they go, you know what? This Camaro's on to something here. This guy's pretty smart after think, all. What do I like? love that everyone else hates? I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. Um, there's some pop stuff that I listen to, um, but like the, he's, the, I think he's addressing rock-related yeah, It's stuff. Bon Jovi. I guess Bon Jovi. Uh, I I love a lot of Bon Jovi stuff all, all the way through um, these days in 95. I think these days from 95 is an amazing record. Wow. Love it. And there you have I think it. it's great. <laughs> it's a great record. I Yeah, I, I it, it's great. I even like Crush and Bounce. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take my Bon Jovi fandom and be honest mm-hmm. about it. I've I've liked Bon Jovi since 1986 when I got Slippery when went on cassette. Well, my brother got it through Columbia House and then I took it away from him. And he thanks. But I also you got White Snake. Also got White Snake 1987 the next year through Columbia House. There you go. You started to progress and then eventually discover Kiss and everything would be all good. I also got Starship too. So, <laughs> I I'll be honest. I I loved a lot of pop stuff, especially in those days. We built this podcast on rock and roll. Hey. I think that song rules. I know you do. I know you do. I think it's lame to make fun of that song. It's a great song. All right. Brace yourself for this one. This comes to us from Austin Mann. I couldn't make heads or tails of this shit. He's got a follow-up to this one (laughs) afterwards. I'm going to go ahead and read that one first so you understand the premise. He says, no, I am not on drugs right now, but that is soon to about to change. Now, where's my bong? So with that premise, let's look at his questions. Rapid fire. What is how and when is why? You got an answer for that one? No. Does it matter when the refrigerator sighs? Only if the ice maker's broken. Do we get a finite number of dreams? I don't think so because I've had some fucked up ones lately. That's pretty interesting. I've never really considered that before. That's a... Would you run out of when you get to be a certain age, you don't dream no more? I don't know. Is it all about the furniture screams? I don't know what to say. I've never had furniture scream. I once fell for an idiot. Did the monkey waller in the mud? No, the monkey didn't waller in the mud. It got right back on its feet and got back out there. Was there a table? Yes, and it was James Hetfield. I was going to say there was a table. It was too small, so we got another table, and it was all good. Or somebody complained that they didn't get a table. That's my own personal <laughs> I thought the table was too small. If you've known me for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't we got a different that. table. The table was big enough eventually. Oh, God. This isn't going to work, Chris. And last, but certainly least, but almost certainly least, <laughs> What is the pie divided times the negative quotient of the inside of barf before all was made aware of glad rap, wondering if it should begin to crumble? Thank you and good night, Austin Man. Isn't that the 
Isn't that the new uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard song? I think so. It sounds like it. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard dot com available now. Yeah, the negative quotient of the inside of Barf before all was made aware of Glad Rap wondering. <laughs> That's the new King Gizzard song. If you said that to me and I didn't know no different, I wouldn't not believe it you. It would sound just like it. Like yeah. that seems right. Um yeah, I have no way of answering any of that. Aaron Baker wants to know what would both of you be doing if the podcast hadn't taken off the way it has? Um, masturbating. I was going to say the easy answer to that is still doing the podcast, and if nobody listened to it, we'd probably still be doing it. Yeah, we we don't care about numbers. I mean, we do. <laughs> we just do this for ourselves, I mean, we and do. we're happy. We want to have we want to have as many people well, to the party as possible, and we want to advance in the yeah, rankings. But- we want to show. The suits in power that rock and metal is still damn important, and we take all that pretty seriously. But as far as like just doing the show, I don't think it would matter. Yeah, but we don't we don't do it no, to chase clout. No, it's definitely not I mean, that. It, it's it it's we do it for fun, and we hope to turn you on to some bands that you've never heard before. That's the main thrust of yes. it. Plus, like you know, we're best yeah, friends definitely. from it, so can't complain yeah we'd just be hanging out somewhere talking about this shit anyhow yeah might, might as, as well, well record, record it right <laughs> <laughs> oh man now you know why the vip's got it so good uh he's got another one this one's more for chris than me he wants to know how many times do you predict we will see patrick mahomes versus joe burrow in the playoffs many years to come Kind of hard to tell. I mean, I, I mean, at least once or twice, I'm sure. I think, uh, I think that's a rivalry that'll happen for. And uh, yeah, the uh, going into this past year, I never saw the Bengals becoming like a superpower, but yeah, they're a damn good that football team. That is pretty team. amazing. Yeah, a couple of years ago, you just said the Bengals. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no way. Yeah. You talking about them in the yeah. same league with the Chiefs and the AFC? Uh, uh-uh, uh, no way. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see. And it. Burrow. And now here we are, and Bur- the Chiefs. And the and the the Cincinnati Bengals looked damn good in the playoffs last year. They damn near made it. Yeah, I think in Burroughs for real, and I think they're building something special there. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I know Aaron's a big Cincinnati fan, so um, yeah. I mean, we'll see how the Chiefs do in the off season. You know, we we just lost Tyreek Hill, but we're not going to get into football talk. But um, but no, we're one thing I do like about Joe Burrow is that he looks like Stevie Rochelle. He a looks young just Stevie like him. Rochelle. If he had long blonde hair and a bandana, <laughs> they could probably win the Super Bowl. Oh, that would do it. <laughs> that would do it. That would put him over the top. <laughs> uh, no, I'm happy for the Bengals. I mean, as a long st- struggling Chiefs fan until just a few years ago, I know exactly what they've gone through. So yeah, I've I have no no hate for Bengals fans at all. They deserve no, it. Was it was a pretty interesting year for football. But if you're not into football, yeah. let's talk about some rock and roll. Matt Porter, our awesome friend, podcast, all that good stuff. That's the, the Matt, Matt Porter. Porter. That's the one I'm talking about. When I say Matt Porter, I assume everybody knows I'm talking about the Matt Porter. He wants to know, when you write your autobiography, what will the first and last lines be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, here he is, and there he goes. <laughs> I'll just go. I'll copy off you. I'll, I'll go with that. I can't think of anything anything better than that. <laughs> it's like the uh, Alice Cooper song on Dada. 
Here they come. Yeah, there yeah, they go. Good. There they go. Custer's yeah, last stand. That'll be us, you and me. Cal Hins, if you guys missed it, he was on Friday Night Live with us. We had a really, really fun time with Cal. He was a blast. The Aaron Camaro lookalike. He wasn't a lookalike. He was the one who inspired my oh, look. That's right. He's the from, originator. From way back, he's the originator <laughs> of everything I am. What's your guilty pleasure TV show series? You got a favorite TV show you like to watch? I don't know that it's a guilty pleasure, but the, the thing I've been hooked on lately is, uh, you ever watch Beyond Scared Straight? No. Uh-uh. It's where they take these troubled teens and make them spend a day in jail and get oh, yelled shit. at by uh, the workers and the inmates Yeah. to freak them out. I've been hooked on watching that lately. I don't know if it's guilty pleasure, though. It's probably worth a laugh or two, you dumb kids. It's, uh, it's crazy seeing them have kind of reality thrown in their face. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there was uh I'm trying to think like right now, like always it's always gonna be like pro wrestling. AEW is my favorite one right now. Um I haven't had a favorite series or TV show for a long time. I was like all about the show Gotham. It was like mm. a young Bruce Wayne in Gotham right. City. I was that show was so well done and as a Batman fan and a fan of like DC comics I really, really like that. I mean, the characters on that show were so good. And then I like, uh, I really, that's my jam. You know, I like The Flash on CW is one of my favorites. I remember and you raving about that That show show's a little ago. up and down sometimes. Some of the earlier seasons were just fantastic because, like, The Flash is the most tragic superhero. Like, the worst stuff happens to that guy. Like, there was one show, like, earlier in the seasons, like, years ago, it almost made me cry because I felt so bad for The Flash. And now it's it's okay. It's That show's still on the air. Uh, they're in the middle of, I forget what season they're up to now, but I was watching it the other night. It's okay. It's not as good as it used to be. And then I like, uh, I like the Doom Patrol on HBO Max. I like the Teen Titans show on HBO Max. Uh, there's a show on there called Losers I really liked. I'm waiting for those seasons to all come back. Um, I'm always, I was a big fan of The Walking Dead. That's just about over with now. I guess it's going to splinter off into like a bunch of different shows or something. I don't understand mm-hmm. how it's going to go, but always a fan of the characters and that. And uh, yeah, football and wrestling. That's what I like to watch on TV. All right. Good question. He also wants to know Trickster versus Danger Danger. Who would win in a bar fight? Danger Danger, easily. Yeah, Danger Danger. Yeah, Trickster's a bunch of pretty boys. Danger Danger is like Bruno Ravel and Steve Poli. Those guys would probably could yeah, actually fight. Like Trickster would be like, hey, you guys got any cigarettes? And they just throw some on the ground. And when they went to scavenge to pick them up, they'd just kick them in the face and it'd be over. That'd be a funny It would be fight, pretty though. funny to watch. <laughs> stop it if you won a million dollars in the lottery what would you purchase slash invest in rock and pod i'd give myself a dollar a day for (laughs) For decimal geek Geek. yeah i would do (laughs) i would split it between decimal geek and yeah i just I, i think i'd just like pay off the house pay off any kind of bills that we had Keep some in the bank and then just like totally do decibel geek stuff all the time. 
We'd have to both win a million dollars. We would uh, we would like buy commercial space and outfit like a super awesome Joe Rogan type studio and you know like have a whole production right, crew yeah, and all I was that. Sitting up in the basement yeah, to do Friday Night Live and I got a lighting crew and people doing my right. makeup and all that. <laughs> yeah. And then I I would like I would book Rock and Pod with like. You know, Ozzy yeah. and Slash and and Rock and you know, Pod twenty twenty three. It's David Lee Roth. It's Alice Cooper. It's right. Ozzy yeah. Osbourne. It's D. Snyder and Ace Fraley. Rock and Pod twenty twenty three. I would just I would just start throwing money away like yeah. there's no tomorrow, and I'd be broke within yeah. six months. But yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> I'd buy a Creatures Fest. Oh, <laughs> Next question. Join the VIP if you want to hear about all that. All right, Cal's uh-huh. got one more. Better football team, the Green Bay Packers or the Kansas City Queefs? I think, is that a, is that well, a typo? That the, is that supposed to be like that? The Queefs aren't a real chi- team, so I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is the Green Bay Packers. And now on to the next Ow. question from okay, Dave Tedder, our awesome friend. He's been on the show with us before. You guys like Dave. Do you guys like Kale? No. I've never had kale. You're better off. It's awful. It's the worst tasting shit ever. Yeah, I looked at it one time and I was like, I don't know about all that. So no and no thank you to kale. John Phillips got a question. Has there been an olive branch sent to or received by the three sides guys? I didn't know they were, do they still do a show? Yeah, I didn't know if that was even still a thing. We haven't heard nothing from those guys in a long time, which is good. I like that. I prefer that. I hear a lot of exciting stuff about other KISS podcasts, but I just don't never hear shit about them anymore at all. Not really. I, I, every now and then I check in to see what they're up to. I mean, they're still getting some good guests, but, uh. I think that whole thing's kind of ancient history for as far as we're concerned. I mean, I, I don't wish them ill will. I mean, whatever they, if they want to do their thing, that's fine. But no, we're not, uh, we're not buddies anymore. No, I was never buddies with those guys. So whatever. It don't matter to me. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have much to say on that. Um, I'm just glad we don't do a kiss podcast. Yeah. Cause then we'd probably have to kill somebody. I know where we'd start. Okay. <laughs> It's whatever. All right, next question, David Glynn. Who are your favorite current active producers, and what are their latest albums? I've heard a lot about producers through this podcast and wonder how it's influenced your music selection. That is pretty interesting right there because I never really thought about producers that much before we started doing this show. When we started looking at things from like different angles, like different ways you can look at mm-hmm. albums and then you go, well, wait a minute, this guy has produced this, but he also produced that and he also produced this. Well, I love all three of those. That's a common denominator. What else has this guy done? Right. As far as active producers out there right now, I mean, yeah, I got to go with Andy yeah. Sneap. I mean, what he's done with Overkill, what he's done with Judas Priest, all the other stuff he does, he manages to get amazing sound out of these bands every single time. If I was going to go with one, I would probably say him. 
I guess, I mean, Andy Steep's kind of the go-to guy these days, and I just saw him perform with Priest, um, great guitar player, too. Um, I guess him, and then um, another one that uh, is kind of a newer producer, Elvis Basquette, who um, he did the Rat Infestation album and some other stuff. Um, also, Mike Plotnikoff, who we had on the show recently, works with a lot of, like, Papa Roach and bands like that. Um and then another one I, I kind of came into recently that he's not really a, I think he's still an active producer, but more of the late nineties era was uh Johnny K who did like the first disturbed record, but also worked with stained, um, uh, uh, to go off on a tangent for a second. Um, there was a, the, you know, stained put out like a self-titled record for their, I guess it was their last record as a band. And, you know, Aaron Lewis has kind of gone off, off the rails as far as he's like turned into like the modern day Ted Nugent. But, uh, yeah, he's a little nutty, but, uh, John Wysocki, who was the drummer in stained is now a Nashville resident and, uh, plays in a local band called Lydia's castle who, ah, I've heard somebody recently talking about them. Yeah. If we, when we do the next fresh blood episode, I'll be playing one of their things cause it's nice. really good. Um, but he's the drummer, but like he was the drummer in stained. And I found on YouTube, there's a documentary about the making of the last stained record. And there's a lot of fucking tension. So if you're into like inner band turmoil, it's got a lot of good stuff on it. So, um, but Johnny K did that, but also that, that first disturbed record. I know there's probably not a lot of disturbed fans that are listeners, but the, the production on that first disturbed record is, top notch so um johnny k i would put up there but andy sneep's kind of the go-to guy these days yeah i agree with that 110 percent all right next question comes to us from alex alt and he wants us to rate the four alice cooper blackout albums rate Mm. them i think it's pretty easy all dadas first no i don't think so you don't think no, so? I don't think so. I think Flush the Fashion is first, then Dada. Flush the Fashion is kind of like, do we count it as a blackout album? I guess you do. I guess you do. I mean, it's in that era. You know, it's if you always talk about the four albums of the 80s with Alice Cooper, you got to yeah. include that one. I think Flush the Fashion is freaking awesome. It's got amazing songs. I think it's got more good songs on it than Dada does. But Dada comes number two. Special Forces and Zipper Catches Skin for me are interchangeable. I don't really... Those are my probably two least favorite Alice Cooper albums, maybe. I would put Zipper last. Um, although I do love a lot of songs on it. I would put... I don't know. I guess I'd put Special Forces third, which I hate to do because I like... I love I love all four of these records so much. Um, but I would put Dada at the top. I guess I would put Flush the Fashion second. That's That's me. Okay, so at least we agree on that. Dada and Flush the Fashion, top two. Special yeah. Forces and Zipper Catches Skin, bottom two. Bottom two, yeah. Easily. But they're all good. I like all of them. I don't really care for the two in the middle. Really? No, there's, there's really not a whole lot on there that I like when there's a lot of good songs I like on the other ones. We differ on that one. And even from the inside, I think I like better than those two albums for sure. Oh, from the inside is better than all of them. Yeah. yeah, from the inside, it's pretty great. Yeah. All right. And Baker's back. He says, your thoughts on sites like Blabbermouth reporting on Taylor Hawkins' autopsy 
not even 24 hours after his death. Oh, man. Hey, that's a that's a big box of worms to open right there because it goes way beyond that. Like, nowadays it seems like the media is more about the clicks. You know, the clicks are so important. Like, yeah. I feel like if I was a, a journalist and I went to my editor and be like, hey, I've got this story I'm working on and I got some, I'm about to get to the truth on it. And he'd say, well, just put it out there. And I go, but I'm not quite there yet. And he's just put it out there. And just be like, mm-hmm. well, you know, one of Taylor Hawkins' uh, close associates said that it, it's probably got to do with drugs. Just put that on there. But I'm not there yet to the truth, what it actually is. It's going to take some time. Fuck the truth. Fuck the time. You need those clicks today. You want to get paid? Yeah, I want to get paid. Get the clicks. Right. And so you throw something out there. And that was the first thing I read about Taylor Hawkins. And it kind of, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because it said on there that, um, a, how did, how did it, it was like put like a close friend says that it may have done, had something to do with him ingesting illegal drugs. Right. The first thing I think when yeah. I see something like that is that's bullshit. You know, if you have a, a somebody that's saying that, then say who it is. No, they're not going to do that. Because then anybody can anybody can speculate, and I could I could say, oh, you know, I mean, I met, I bought a Foo Fighters album. Yeah. I consider myself to be friends with Taylor Hawkins because I bought a Foo Fighters album, and I think it may have something to do with drugs. Good enough. Run with it. You know, right. I can tell you as an Aaron Rodgers football fan. <laughs> More than just about anybody in the whole fucking world, I can tell you how bullshit it is because for the last two years, yeah. all I've heard about was Aaron Rodgers is unhappy with the Packers. Speculation yep. says he's going to go to Denver. Yep. Close friend says he hates the management and the coaches on the team. You know, and all these things, that, and it's always speculation and allegedly this and this and that, you know, and it's, it's always vague bullshit. Yep. To get you to hit that click, to go, what's going on? That's and then it about. goes into the next year, and it's like, he's not going to resign. He is going somewhere else, you know? And it's always bullshit. In the end, what did he do? He re-signed with the Packers for many more years to come, just like nobody said he was going to. Right. But what fun is that? When you don't need the truth, yeah, when you right. got speculation, when you got allegedly, and you got people clicking on that shit. Yeah. So the truth has been replaced by clicks, and that fucking sucks it does because that goes to the top you know that's not just about rock and roll music that's just not about football that's not about somebody dying that goes to the top like most important things in this country in this world and it's sad because like you look at the news and you look at the media and you go what's real you know what's really real what's speculation what's real what's going on why is something that everybody's behind today something that 6 months ago everybody condemned and then you you're not supposed to talk about that you know all of a sudden now this is the thing you know and then i see people and it sucks man it sucks so bad because there's people on facebook that when i see them in the real world I love them and I respect them and I think they're awesome people. And then some of the shit I see them post on Facebook based on speculative information makes you go, man, why are they so dumb? You know, they seem so cool otherwise. And it sucks because it fucks up every faction of your life if you're trying to stay informed about anything. 
Right. And it makes it really difficult to know what's real and what's not. And it can cost you friends. It can cost you all kinds of stuff, you know. And it's it's not a good it's not a good thing. It's not a good time we're living through right now, I don't think, because of it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of it, especially with this type of story, is it's rushing to get the first clicks. And yeah. And that's why, and like the news, the news sources is bad enough, but then it's all the armchair quarterbacks that want to jump into the, to the stuff. And it's like, well, you know, you don't, you don't know any more than the other average Joe. So, you know, shut the fuck up. But um, like I said, there's people right now currently, probably even people that are listening to the show that I've unfollowed because I don't want to not be friends with them but I also don't want to see the dumb shit they're posting on the Facebook because they jump right in and try to be that, you know, and it's, yeah. it's no fun, you know, it's no fun at all. And it sucks because when you see them in real life, they're amazing people. Well, that's why I, I won't, I typically don't post stuff unless I have facts to back it up. Yeah. And, and I don't jump into the whole media war shit of trying to get the stuff first. Cause like that's will get, could go that route if we wanted to, but I don't, I don't see the point in it. And it's like, you know, well, I'd rather be informed than not. So, right. um, I think it it's hard. set. And like I said earlier in the show, I, I'm just, I just feel bad for the guy's family and his friends, you know? Um, you know, it's the, why does it matter? It's, 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 it just sucks that the guy's gone. So, um, it, it, it's sad, but, uh, people are going to, and there's probably people already capitalizing on it. I'm sure there's people that are making Taylor Hawkins tribute shirts that are going to be on eBay any day now. Yeah. Um, it's sad that people are that way. And I do think that social media has kind of caused a big lack of humanity um, because of trying to get to the story first and people throwing their opinions out there. And it's like, you know, we got to remember that we're humans here and there's families connected to these people. You know, they're not just figureheads that you can make smart ass comments on. So try to remember that before you make your smarmy comment. You know, I even heard, I saw somebody post on Metal Sludge saying, well, if this means that I don't have to see Dave Grohl in as many documentaries, then this is a good thing. I'm like, really? That's terrible. What? That's fucking You're trying awful. to be funny, but you're just being an asshole. Yeah, and like I get Metal Sludge is about ball busting and being brutally honest, but that's taken it a little far. Yeah. The guy died, you know. That's like Dave Grohl's best friend. Fuck you, you know. Yeah, it sucks, man. The world we're living in, it's it's kind of shitty. But, you know, for as much as as all that is, you know, I think about, like, the community here on Decibel Geek with the people in the Facebook group that all get along so good. You know, you don't ever seem to have any problems in there with people fighting or nothing. Why? Because they all respect each other enough to be honest with each other and respect each other's opinions. You know, you might love Bon Jovi. I might think they suck. But that don't mean I think you're stupid for liking Bon Jovi. You know, I I respect (laughs) the fact that, you know what, if we all loved Bon Jovi, that'd be pretty dull. And if we all hated Bon Jovi, that'd be pretty dull too, you know. So Eh. it's okay for everybody to be a little different, but it's still good to be respectful and honest. Yeah, honest. Where'd the honesty go? I don't know. It's not there when you're trying to find out what's going on in the world around you. You just kind of got to figure it out for yourself. Right. All right. That's some deep shit right there that nobody (laughs) wants to get into anymore. I don't know. Here's one from Terrell Fernbach. 
this has got to be great, right? I mean, this is I love this. this will bring us right back out of the gutter and into the into reality. Uh-huh. He wants to know who would be harder to pick up, a supermodel or an attractive little person. Wait, wait, he's got a theory. <laughs> I hope so. His theory is you need to have better game to successfully pick up the attractive little person then you would need to pick up the supermodel because the attractive little person probably gets hit on more times a day than the supermodel. And she would also be having to deal with a cavalcade of rando pervs who have been dying to get it on with a little person. You're not going to say the word. Thoughts? Other than I probably need professional help. Other than... I'm going to go with it's easier to pick up a little person because they're littler. Well, I'm a connoisseur of midget porn, so I'm kind of an expert on the subject. Um, No, he's right. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of people with kinks out there for uh, little people. I'll be, I'll be politically correct. You would know. Um, <laughs> that would, uh, he makes a good point. I would know. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I have to. I stopped midget watching midget porn just to do this tonight. But um but no, I uh you would have to have better game to pick up the little person. For sure. He's Terrell's absolutely right. And uh thank you for bringing that to okay. our attention. All right. I leave it to the experts. Yeah. Ian Conger wants to know, what will it take to get Robert Plant to pull his head out of his ass and do some shows with Led Zeppelin? How about suggest he do some to raise some money for Ukraine. Um, I don't want to see it. You don't, he probably can't, I would guess. He can't sing that way anymore. It's honestly, I think I respect Robert Plant for knowing his limitations. And I think he knows they did the celebration day thing at the O2 arena in London and it turned out good, but that's after major overdubbing was was happening before they released it and that's one song yeah i mean but i don't no i i'd rather him just continue to do his thing with allison krauss i love robert plant i love led zeppelin but uh no i think they're smarter by not getting back together yeah i mean i think you're right if you can't sing like that and i mean come on we're talking about robert plant in his prime who can sing like that no not very many you better yeah. just stick with your wife and your acoustic guitars and keep it nice and mellow. Would I love to see it if it was able to be done well? Yeah. Sure. I mean, they, did it, yeah. they did it with Jason Bonham at the O2 Arena, and that's cool and all, but, like, do we really want to see Zeppelin without John Bonham? I mean, I don't, I don't see the point. I mean, if you're going to do it, you do it with Jason. Jason can do everything his dad did. I mean, it's not going to – his performance isn't going to be what hurts it. Right. It would be Robert Plant not being able to sing like he used but to. I don't know. Some of this stuff like this, like some of these – even with Skid Row with Bach, you know, I almost think you're better off not having the reunion. It's just sometimes, like, why don't we just be happy with our memories, you know? Yeah, rather than have something happen that you the last time you saw Zeppelin, they weren't good. I mean, even the Doors tried to do it without Jim Morrison, as we went yeah. over recently. Um, yeah, it's a little different. But just that'd be like if I Jimmy Page tries. So, well, I'll just sing the songs. I wouldn't mind seeing another Coverdale Page album. I thought that was great. David Coverdale sounds pretty bad these days, too. 
I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's just like Julian said at the beginning, you know, would you would you love to see these bands get back together? Yeah, stick them in a time machine, you know, get them in their prime and have them right. write some new songs. But Yeah, that way is fine. The, the tricky part of this, and it's a good reminder to everybody as to why we find it so important to try to showcase new bands for you guys, to try to show you that there's new bands coming out with new songs that really kick ass nowadays. Because yeah. if you look at it, you know, all these bands, they're not getting no younger. No. Robert Plant ain't going to sing like he used to sing. Paul Stanley can't sing like he used to sing. David Coverdale, you know, Joe Elliott, on down the line, these guys can't sing like they used to sing. What are you going to do when they're yeah. gone? You got to find new stuff to listen to. And there's plenty of it out there. All you got to do is look for it. And if you find something cool, get on the Decibel Geek community group on Facebook and let everybody know about it. It's important to do your part to help keep it alive and keep spreading the word about new bands coming out because would we love to see Zeppelin? Yeah. If they were as good as they always were, which is not the way it is, keep your great memories of what Zeppelin was. Let them do their folky acoustic shit. It ain't for me. (laughs) I'll go listen to old Zeppelin albums, but... Yeah, I'll just keep listening to my box set. I'm happy. (laughs) There you go. Jay Shabluski, our awesome friend. Man, I always love seeing that guy at Rockin' Pod. Have either of you heard of Space Panther? And they've got an album called Glamdemic. You know about this? I've never heard of it. I do. Um, Izzy Presley posted about them uh, last year. And I so I went and checked it out. And uh, it's, it's good. Um, it's very 70s glam, <clears throat> kind of T-Rex-ish. Um, the only thing that turns me off is the vocals sound very apathetic. Um, musically, it's not bad, but uh, vocally, it sounds like the singer doesn't give a fuck. Hmm. That's the only thing that turns me off about it. But it, it's good 70s glam style stuff, though. I like Right it. on. I love the name, Space Panther. That sounds yeah. badass. It, it's, a, it's a 70s style glam band. Right on. So, yeah, I liked them. All right, Glenn Greiner, he wants to know, do you really think Def Leppard and Motley Crue Tour is going to happen? I haven't heard wow. nothing uh, to the contrary. I Well, I heard months ago that it wasn't going to happen. Really? So, uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong. It looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, last thing I saw was Nikki Six talking about how great it was to get back into rehearsal with the band after not doing it for so long and how great it's all coming back together. Well, what I heard initially, and this is going back over a year, was that um, that Joan Jett and Poison had pulled off the tour because they had gotten other dates and uh, Motley was being wishy-washy about it. And then I also heard that Vince Neil had completely fa- like fallen off the wagon worse and was in rehab. I, ke- I hear this stuff from people that I trust, but then also it looks like the tour is going to happen with that lineup. So I'll admit when I'm wrong, uh, looks like it's going to go forward. Uh, I still won't go, but it looks like it's going forward. I don't know. We'll see what, ta- what tickets cost day of. You couldn't pay me to go see Vince front Motley Crue what? right now. No, he's awful, but he's supposed to be pulling it back together. He was awful. That was a couple of years ago. Dude, there's like video from him weeks ago sounding Damn horrible. It. 
Yeah, he hasn't lo- really lost any weight either. I was either. really counting on him to pull it together, lose some weight, get back into shape, and come back and kick Not ass. Not happening. I, I would – Joan Jett and Poison I'm happy to see, <clears throat> but I would leave after Poison, <laughs> to be honest. with Def Leppard is reliant completely on tapes now. Yeah. Because um, Joe Elliott's voice is gone, just like Paul Stanley's. Um, I saw – I saw Def Leppard and Journey play in 2003 or four. At that was one of the last shows at Starwood, and they were fun to watch. But I could tell that Joe's voice was gone then, so it's like I can't imagine how bad it is now. If you go and you have a good time, great. But uh, I'm not going to pay two hundred dollars to go see that. No way. And what are they playing? Like big arenas? Is that going to be like here's that at the Bridgestone? No, it's a, it's at Nissan Stadium. Oh yeah, that's why I'm at Nissan Stadium. Yeah, huh. it's a it's a full on stadium tour, and that's it's cool because it's like a big event, and it celebrates rock. So I like the idea behind it, but honestly, I I don't know. I think Poison's going to do the best out of all those bands as far as a real live performance, and then Joan Jett's kind of a square peg in a round hole. Um, I saw Brian Wheat did an interview recently where he was like. Tesla should have been invited for this. Yeah. I would much rather see Tesla opening that show than Joan Jett. Yeah, they would have definitely fit the bill better than Joan Jett yeah. does. Yeah, she doesn't really fit it, does she? Does she? I mean, I don't see it. I wonder if they ever reached out to Skid Row and said, hey, put, get Sebastian back in here for one round. That would have been a good bill for them. And then Skid Row could have went out with on the one tour and then been like, after this, we don't ever want to see you again. Yeah, but I mean that would have been that would have been a good the right fit yeah, for them yeah. for sure. Could have been yeah. interesting. It'll, it'll I mean it it's close as it is now, I guess yeah. it's happening. I for one I'm glad it's happening. You know, like you said it celebrates rock. Yeah. It shows that these bands can still hobble it together enough to get out there and do it, you know, and I I hope a lot of people go see it. I'm I'm guessing. I mean, that's a that's a big, well. that's, that's a lot of seats to fill. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll sell well, though. I mean, with that combination of bands, if it, if it goes on with that lineup, I think it'll do yeah. fine. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for the Mighty K round. She's got several questions. Some good ones. First one I love. Can you promise me that you'll never stop doing the podcast together? Well, we signed a contract. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, in oh. blood. Handshake style, Blood Brothers forever, Decibel Geek never dies. I, yeah, but I don't. I don't want to make put out the the fake Nikki Six statement. I don't know. Well, can we promise her that, Aaron? I think so. I mean, as long as we're both breathing, I don't see why not. I don't. I don't have any intention on stopping. No, me neither. We've made it this far. I mean, yeah. why stop now? We're having more fun now than I think maybe we've ever had. So it, why? Yeah, it would make no sense to stop. It's the best therapy I've ever had. Yeah. You know, Kristen, for a dollar a day. (laughs) Exactly. Finance our future, please. You like us around so much, we could could be giving you guys so much more if we could only have to not do our real jobs. We do five days a week if you fund us enough. If, If somebody came in and wanted to pay us to do five days a week, you guys would get Decibel Geek five days a week. I would love that. I would love it if this show was my full-time job. Oh, me too. Nothing, nothing 
in this world will make me happier than that. Second follow-up question to that is, are you both prepared for my wrath if you do stop? <laughs> That's also incentive to keep going. We don't have to worry about it because we're not stopping. She wants to know, would it be possible to get a Beat the Geek game show at least once a month? That's, that's your department, not As a matter mine. of fact, I've got one written up. I'm just waiting for the right time to unleash it. I think I've got, I've got it all done except for like two kiss questions i got to find. But one day, like I, every once in a while, I'll be just reading about something and I'll be like, that would be a great question for Beat the Geek. And then I put it in my little file. It's just a fact. And then later on, I can craft it into a question. But I've got enough facts in there now. I think I could do a Beat the Geek minus two kiss questions because those are always the hardest ones to get together. Right. But yeah, I like putting together the questions for Beat the Geek. I love being a game show host. And I love it when you guys play and when Chris whips everybody. That makes me laugh too. You know, that's always fun. I don't know if my record's that good. but yeah. It's pretty good. Your record's pretty good. I'd like to, I wish I could go back and had the time to go back and actually figure out what your true record is. It would be I pretty do wonder interesting. What, yeah, I wonder what my record is. And of course, her first question does also include Friday Night Live, the FFAFT. That's what her and Ron named it, I think. It's like, uh, was it? Friday Free, Free for All. Friday Pray for all Friday fun time or something something like that. It's yeah. Like they they were right both the like tongue. you should call it faft and I was like oh god that sounds terrible. That's <laughs> yeah, too wordy. You got to think of branding here. But it's Kristen. funny. I like it. Um but no, yeah, I, I think um I mean we may do it every other week but we're we love doing the live stream. It's fun. I don't know. We could do uh, oh, I forgot to tell you this. What's that? I've created a new game show. Speaking of Beat the Geek, what else we've been playing lately? Oh, the Bracket Brawl. Yeah. I got a new game show I came up with. I'm gonna oh, I'm cool. gonna iron out the details on it, but I think I can put one together. I'll be breaking that Boop. out on a Friday night live. And that's something that you can help me with and we can have listeners play against each other where everybody can participate. At okay. the same time, like I will, cool. I will say it, and then you tell me who answers first, and that's who gets the points. All right, it could be fun. It could be interesting. I'll give you the answers ahead of time, so you'll oh. know. But yeah, in short, Kristen, we're not going anywhere. No, look at us. We can't even go five minutes without coming up with new ideas for the show. So if we didn't have this show, our heads would clearly explode. Right, it'd be a mess for our poor wives to clean up. We can't have that. Yeah. You got David Cathy here, our awesome friend. Man, this guy's been with us from day one, our good neighbor right here in Middle Tennessee. He says, I hate what happened to Taylor Hawkins. May he rest in peace. But what's next for the Foo Fighters? Do they continue? And if they do, who is the person you think would be a good fit for them? Or do you think that's the end for the Foo Fighters? Hmm. It's very interesting. I would think they would continue. I mean, they, they kind of have to. They've had, you know, they're they're one. They're a very popular band. They've had different yeah. musicians in different positions. Well, I mean, Taylor, honestly, to be honest, he wasn't the first drummer. I mean, yeah. William Goldsmith was the first drummer, but um, I don't know. I I think they'll go forward. I do think we're in for a decent hiatus for for them. I can't. 
I don't know. Do they have stadium shows lined up for the rest yeah. of this year? Too bad Dave so, Lombardo just got that sweet new gig. Yeah. Dave Lombardo in Foo Fighters. <laughs> well, a few people have already been throwing out ideas of like Travis Barker or Stephen Perkins from uh, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think they'll fulfill their gigs, and also because Dave Grohl is probably devastated right now, but also there's a lot of people on their crew that depend on that money. Yeah. So I don't see him leaving them high and dry. So I think they'll fulfill their gigs um, just because he's that kind of guy. And I'm like I said, I'm not a giant Foo Fighters fan, but I do like Dave Grohl as a person, and I think he'll do the right thing. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get, a substitute drummer to play the live shows. I think going forward, if they do another record, I think Dave Grohl will be the drummer. I don't yeah. think it'll be anybody else. Yeah, but they'll need um, somebody on tour because he's a little busy. Yeah, or you can but play be, drums and sing at the same time. Uh, maybe, but I, I they'll get a touring drummer for sure. But I they're not going anywhere. I think I think they'll be around. I think they'll take a break and then I think they'll come back. But. uh yeah, it's it's got to be a complete whirlwind for those yeah, guys right now, for sucks sure. Terribly. Yeah. All right. Well, here's one from our awesome friend Kevin Williams from the In Obscuria podcast. They just recently did something pretty cool. A show called "They Should Have Been Huge" about the band Warrior Soul. So, you're mm. a fan of Warrior Soul? I know that's not a household name, but the fans that know that band, they know their stuff. That's some pretty cool shit. If you're into that, check out the two-part episode on the In Obscuria podcast with Kevin Williams. He wants to know, what's the craziest promotional push you've received from from someone trying to get on the podcast? Do you know the answer to that? Um, I mean, I know the only one that really comes to my mind, I'm not going to say his name because this thing is kind of ongoing, is a dude... He's in a band nobody's heard of. They're all right. They're a pretty good band. You know, he's been in a couple of different projects. But he's just not somebody that, you know, he'd be fun on maybe a Friday Night Live, possibly. But to have a whole episode dedicated to him, I don't know, you know, other than our our hardcore followers that listen to this show every week, no matter what, would listen to it. But, like, 99% of the people in the world would be like, who is this guy? But when he now I'm wanting to know who when he is. approaches me, <laughs> it's like, hey, when are you gonna have me on the show? And it's like, well, <laughs> and is he like, I can't tell him, like, like, dude, nobody knows who the fuck you are, you know? <laughs> is it a local guy? No, uh, somebody that messages me on Facebook. And, oh, we're gonna uh, talk off air. About and so this. <laughs> I, you know, I try to be nice about it, but I was like, dude, yeah. if you want to pimp your stuff. You know, you can always join the Decibel Geek community and do it in there. You know, let people know sure. about what you got going on. That's no problem. Yeah. And I did that, and well, I sent him an invitation thing, and he hasn't joined the group. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I don't know what more you want me to do. You know, you're well, not going mean, to listen to me. And what What more can I do? We get a lot of independent bands, between the bands and the publicists, pushing to have them interviewed on the show. Right. And, and I get that all the time, but I mean, I, and I try to tell them like we typically, if we do an interview, it's typically gotta be with somebody that we know and love. Like 
Aaron and I just started. Aaron and I decided very early on that there's 52 weeks in a year, so the episodes we put out are kind of precious. So we're not going to talk to somebody in an interview unless we both agree on them and we both like yeah. them. Um, for independent artists that are pretty not well known, we always tell them submit your music. Right. And it might get might get played on a Fresh Blood episode or a Radio Sucks episode. We might play your music, but typically an unknown band wanting an interview, we're not going to go for. Um, and that's not to be arrogant. It's just it's our show. We want yeah, to do it the way one we want to do week. it. No, if we were on every day, that might be different. That would be you different. Know? Then it would be totally different because then we'd say, you know what? We got plenty of time. Let's talk to everyone. Right. Let's talk to every new rock band out there. You know, so it's kind of a funny yeah. balance where, like you said, you know, we'll play your music and you send us something and it's good and we think our listeners will dig it, then we'll play it. But as right. far as like a full episode interview with somebody that, like I said, I don't want to be an asshole, it's, but nobody's going to give a shit. All right. It's got to be, it's got to have, it's got to be something. And that, that's like typically if we get somebody that's more unknown, we might bring them on for a Friday Night Live to talk about like, top five Judas Priest songs yeah. or something that will have mass appeal and then plug their band right. in the process. Cause there is a trick to that. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I don't know. I, I don't really have like, as far as anything crazy that anyone's like promote, you know, push for having them on decibel geek. I do have the funny story about, uh, a podcast rivalry that resulted in somebody pushing me to have a boxing ring at rock and <laughs> It was real. That was real. Um, I had one <laughs> podcaster that hated another podcaster that's a personal friend of ours that wanted to set up a paid, like, straight-up boxing match at Rock and Pod between the two of them. And I told him really fast that, um, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's a dumb idea. It's a stupid idea, and it's not going to have the mass appeal you think it will. No, because the one was trying to bank on the popularity of the other to do this. Right. It's like, that'd be like, uh, you know, hey, I'm Aaron Camaro, and I'm going to box Joe Blow. And they're like, who's Joe Blow? Oh, he's from the Joe Blow podcast. And they're like, what the fuck is that? You know, so it would have made no sense to do that. And the dude really pushing for it had everything to gain, win or right. lose, you know, because he's actually pushing up against somebody who is – very well known in the podcasting world that we all live in here. And this guy was nobody, you know, right. so he was pushing for this and it was like, come on, man, this is yeah. dumb. It was silly. And, uh, but outside of, outside of that, it's, it's just typically PR people and band people going, Hey, we want to be on the show. And, uh, you can't say yes to everybody and you, you got to pick and choose. It's our show in the, at the end of the day. Right. We just want to make what's interesting for you guys and right. do a show that you guys care about. So, that's why we're answering questions off That's Facebook. right. <laughs> Speaking of important questions that everybody needs to know, Eric Luzier wants to know, who farts the loudest and most often? I've never heard you fart. Oh, I've done it in front of you. Have you? Yeah. Silent but deadly. You do the, um, I, you shift a little bit in your yeah, chair? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty uh, covert. Um, yeah. Yeah, me I, will too. I say, don't think I've ever farted while we're recording, but I know sometimes Chris will let some of those ear rattling belches right dead into his microphone and almost knock me off my chair. I don't do that. Oh, bullshit. 
Get a few beers in you on a Friday night, and you forget you're two inches away from the microphone when you let it rip, and it's like, oh, my God, my ears. (laughs) I'm sorry. I will say Aaron snores like a fucking bear after our trip to Florida. Jesus, took me forever to go to sleep. I only do that when I'm trying to stay awake. If I'm trying to stay awake and I'm falling asleep, I'll snore. God, he snores like a fucking bear. Sweet as a baby. Yeah, yeah, Aaron sleeps really well. I'll say that. That's um, funny. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Aaron fart. So yeah. thanks for the question, Aaron. Oh, man. Daniel Westman wants to know, who's your favorite replacement singer in Skid Row? Tony Harnell, because I'm friends with him. I mean, Sebastian Bach was a replacement singer in Skid Row. That's true. I guess Sebastian Bach would win, right? Yeah, I think I would go with Matt Sebastian Fallon. Bach. <laughs> Not on a personal level or anything. But right. you know what? I like Johnny Solinger too. I like the stuff he did with him. I like Johnny. He's good. Yeah. I think he's underrated. You know, he's gone now. It's sad. But yeah. you know what? Go back, people. Give that Skid Row a chance after Sebastian Bach. Those like albums are good. Yeah, Thick Skin's a good record. Thick Skin's really good. Revolutions Per Minute's a good album. I think you like it. Our awesome friend, Candy Burton. She was so much fun to hang out with at Rockin' Pod. Favorite Rockin' Pod moments, she wants to know. Oh, hanging out with Candy. You stole the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly, exactly the answer. I, I There's so many. Um, we've gotten to do some great interviews on stage. Michael Sweet, Greg Bissonette, and Billy Sheehan. I mean, uh, for us personally. You know, Aaron M. Singh every year doing an amazing job. Um, just seeing everybody have fun. I mean, yeah. that, that's my that's my favorite moment. Yeah, that's you know, totally it. Everybody. Getting together with friends and watching everybody have fun. Yeah, it's just it's like a family reunion and, and seeing everybody come back together again. That's always my favorite thing. With a whole bunch of pinch me moments all mingled in between. Right. Yeah. Love it. All right, Sir Cap of One wants to know. If each of you could travel back in time and prevent the formation of one band, who would it be and why? You got the keys to the time machine. You're only allowed to go back in time and stop the formation of one band. Do you know what you'd pick? Tough. No, I'm just kidding. Um, And that was where the show fell apart. (laughs) Sorry, Christian. I'm going back on my word after that. No. Uh, probably the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Why? Because I fucking hate them. You hate the Chili Peppers. You hate everything like, about the Chili Peppers? There ain't one good song much, by that band that you like? Uh, everything since Mother's Milk I haven't liked. Wow. I actually like the Chili Peppers. I think they're pretty awesome. The, You know, Mother's Milk is amazing. I like some of the stuff off the albums before that. I love blood sugar sex magic except for maybe under the bridge which is totally was it was totally overplayed i i kind of like like maybe three songs off one hot minute with dave navarro because navarro brought some balls i'm not a big fan of that album because something was lacking there i don't think he brought it i i had high hopes for that album because i thought yeah it was going to be good because of him but really i think the whole thing with the red hot chili peppers is you can't go to them 
in a rock mood. You got to go to them in a funk mood. If you're yeah. in sight in in the the the, but they, the feeling of like a funkadelic, you listen to the Chili Peppers. If you're listening to Metallica, you don't. That's my issue. They turned all housewife rock. You know, I don't know, like they scar got, tissue and stuff like that. Yeah, like Danny California. It's all but there's fucking deeper housewife cuts music. on those albums that are good too. You got to dig a little deeper. Well, but then again, I like Bon Jovi in the '90s, and that's yeah. What the fuck music. do you know? <laughs> don't listen to me you go ah oh, man it's tough go back in time prevent the formation of one band mm, i know damage plan why because without damage plan daryl lives daryl lives that's a good good answer if they're not out on tour he doesn't get murdered so i'm gonna go with them good answer Doug Fox, my good friend from Merrill, Wisconsin. The one who volunteered Callahan's to come on Friday Night Live. Love that guy. Do you have a non-rock genre guilty pleasure? Other than Juice Newton. I've been listening to some old-ass country lately. Uh-huh, really? Yeah, I've been like listening what? to a little uh, like uh, Waylon Jennings. And oh, little, really? Old a little country. Willie Nelson. Okay. Hank Williams Jr. Like I found some of their CDs and they were like, like the highway men. Like, stuff. yeah, they were really cheap. And I thought, well, you know, there's always like some stuff of Johnny Cash that I always mm-hmm. kind of thought, wow, this stuff's got like an edge to it. You know, it's not rock, but it's got kind of that same kind of attitude to it. I thought some of these other country guys might too. And there is, you know, it's, like, if I get a Willie Nelson album, I'm probably going to like maybe one song off of it, maybe two. But there is some cool stuff on some of those old country or al- country albums. Um, I like the funk. I've been listening to, you know, still into the Funkadelic. I'm still getting albums by them all the time because they got a discography a mile long. And so when I find mm-hmm. something, it's always cool to check out. Really anything... Pretty much anything with guitars and drums and bass and a singer I can get into for the most part. You know, there's there's limitations on all that. Like I said, when I find an old country album, I go, wow, there's this one really cool song on here. And so, like, someday if we're ever hanging out and I've got my iPod, I'll put it on country. And you're going to be like, this is the most fucked up mix of things I've ever heard. You know, it's got, like, <laughs> David Lee Roth doing the bluegrass songs. And then it's got, like... Because there's rock bands that have done country songs, you know, oh, like sure. they will slip yeah. a country song in their, their albums, you know, and speaking about country music, we didn't ever have a chance to do like a new noise when it happened. Talk about Dolly Parton turning down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I thought, man, that's fucking awesome. You know, Dolly Parton is the bomb. She is so awesome to go. Well, why would I want to go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm not rock and roll. Yeah, and then they turn around and say, we're keeping you on the we're list. We're going in anyway. And it made me think, you know, Dicks. well, that's not fair. You know, you're going to make Dolly Parton, you know, try to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're going to force her into it. Why aren't the Rolling Stones or the Beatles in the Country Music Hall of Fame? They did country songs. So then don't the Beatles and the Stones have more of a right to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame than Dolly Parton does to be in the Rock Hall of Fame? She'll tell you herself. I don't know. 
What is it? Well, well, for me, my taste is all over the board. I mean, I <clears throat> my big thing lately has been uh, yacht rock, like uh, you know, Atlanta rhythm section and old Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald oh. era, and uh, stuff like that. Like I, I love that cheesy stuff, Sailing. and. Um, takes us away yeah oh christopher <laughs> cross love that stuff man have you ever seen the internet series called yacht rock no dude oh dude i need to watch it. oh dude i'm telling you it is so funny so it's a group of comedians and they're playing the roles of these people like uh kenny loggins and I mean, Eddie Van Halen, somebody plays Eddie Van Halen on an episode where he comes in, he's ripping on guitar and they can't understand it because it's like, but our music is smooth. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. My good buddy Jason turned me on to it. He's like, you got to watch this. And I didn't think it was going to be funny at first. And then I started watching them. They're on YouTube and the, the series is entitled Yacht Rock. Oh, I'll you check gotta it out. check it out. Start no, I, at the beginning. I, I love that like AM Gold stuff, and like I, yeah, I remember a year ago, you and Rock and Ron gave me shit over liking Ambrosia. Yeah. Um, I like all that stuff, and then, uh, but also, I like fifties doo wop stuff. I like, um, I like smooth jazz. I got into smooth jazz when I was living in Kansas City. Wow. I can't do the jazz. Um, it's like elevate. It's elevator, but it's good when you're in the right mood and you want to relax. You know, it's it's a it's decent background music. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I like '90s country. I like Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks, and stuff like that. You know, um, but no, I, there's a lot of non-hard rock stuff that I listen to for sure. But don't tell nobody because we're respectable not, rock podcasters. Ah, don't be narrow-minded. All right, so we got a few more to go here. We've been rocking for quite a while already, but we're going to try to get as many as we can in. Here's one from Junkyard Rock Stories. What do you think about album reviews nowadays? Are they becoming unnecessary in this modern age of streaming, or are they still relevant? That's a good question. I don't know. I would think nowadays they're more relevant than ever because... There's so much out there. Like if you see a review of an album that you don't know about and you happen to click on it and read it, maybe it's by somebody that does reviews on a website that you respect. They've reviewed other stuff that you ended up liking or you have stuff that you like that they've reviewed favorably and you go, okay, well, this is somebody I can trust in. This is somebody I can count on. I'm going to check out what they wrote about this band because otherwise there's so much out there now. You know, that it's nice to have any kind of, any kind of direction can be given to go, hey, check this out. Hey, check that out. This is why I like this. Or don't. You know? Yeah. So I think so. I think it's more important than ever. Well, I, you know, I did a, um, I did a review on an EP recently by a local band. And I got to say, it did not generate much traffic. Yeah. So I, I, I thought this was an interesting question. Um, I would like to do more reviews and uh, maybe even bring some writers back onto the Decibel Geek site to do reviews. But, like, yeah, it's a good question. Like, those of you listening to this right now, if you've made it the whole two hours and 20 minutes, um, let us know if uh, you want to read reviews on records because there's plenty of records that get sent to us all the time. And uh, I wouldn't mind writing some myself. But, uh, yeah, it does make you wonder because a lot of people like to just 
check stuff out on their own. But uh, if we could help guide you there, you know, we might do more reviews in the future. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if it's like the old thing, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody sees it, if you write 100 reviews on 100 albums and nobody reads it, what difference did it really make? Exactly. So you're almost better off doing like retro reviews. Say, I'm going to write an album, a review of this old Deep Purple album, and you'll get a yeah. bunch of you know traffic on that. People read that. You're a like, lot of people here's do that. A, here's a great new band you've never heard of. I'm going to tell you all about them. Be like, ah, fuck yep. that. I see more retro reviews now than I do for reviews on new bands. And that's the reason why people realize, well, I spent all this time writing this review and three people read it, and that's the band's girlfriends, then, you know, (laughs) I might as well write a review on Nickelback because a lot of people will read that. Well, that's kind of your answer on why people uh, make clickbait stories. Exactly, yeah. It's like that's what grabs the attention. Right on. Power Chord wants to know, Ginger or Marianne? Uh, ginger. I spent my whole youth chasing gingers, but I ended up marrying a Marianne who happens to be ginger. It's, it's a confusing thing. I was going to say, I'm a, I'm a redhead fan though. So I like ginger. But I, I think he's asking ginger. like, you want, you know, model type woman or well, down to earth type woman. Well, ginger, saying. the character is more high maintenance than Marianne. Yeah. So I guess to put up with her shit every day, I would say Marianne. All right. Let's see, Darren71829, that's his parole number, maybe. <laughs> it's Darren Hunt. I'm He's just teasing. <laughs> he wants to know best pizza and burgers in Nashville. Oh, wow. Um, pizza, probably five points pizza in East Nashville. Burgers, I would say uh, my wife's job, Mill Creek Brewery in Nolensville. Hmm. I think I'm going to go uh, same place, both ones. Emmy Squared Pizza in Nashville. There's, I still need to try that. There's one in Germantown. There's one down in the Gulch, and there's one out in Green Hills by the movie theater. The burgers. I mean, the the, the pizza's damn good. It's the Detroit-style square, thick, good pizza. They got all kinds of different ingredients you can choose from. But for me, those burgers, they're called the Big Lamat outstanding man like farm raised the right way beef and the meat and is, emmy square made both both of them and these. they make both those and they win the awards oh, wow. here in nashville almost every year for those that's a date night in the future for us all right got just a couple more let's just wrap it up with metal mike because metal mike Kay. has hit us with a bunch <laughs> let me scroll on down we'll do this rapid style all what right. is your favorite album of 2022 so far, and why is it Ghost? I want your take on this first. He's been bugging me to get into Ghost. And you guys know Metal Mike and I are good friends. You know, he's a good friend of the show. He's been on with us before, and he's really made me get and try to get into Ghost. Got a me lot too. of friends that are really into Ghost. I listened to it. I haven't heard the new one. I'll be honest there, but I've been listening to some of their past stuff. It's not bad. You know, it's not, it doesn't, it's not amazingly great to me, but like on the albums I've listened to, found like three or four tracks on each one I thought were really good. I don't know. They're, they're all right. That's all I'm going to say, I guess. Yeah. They're all right. They're not, they're not the greatest band I ever heard, but they're cool. They're different. I like that. They are definitely unique. Yeah. They do bring the uh, 
the kind of like the stage presence and the show that I like, you know, being a oh, yeah. being a Kiss fan, being a Guar fan, band Alice Cooper, you know, theatrics, they bring it, man. They they don't look like just your neighbors up on stage playing in a band, you know. They look like they're something entertaining, you know, and I like that. But as far as music goes, they're okay. They're not bad. I'm kind of of the same mind as you. I mean, I I don't know. I I'm not real big on the whole like, hey, we're satanic thing. Look at us. Um, that seems a little goofy to me. But um, yeah. Uh, it it it's okay though. I mean, I guess it's just a character thing. But uh, just a gimmick. Mike's tried to get me into this band for a while, and I've tried every them. album. And I know people aside from Mike that just love them. Um, but I I hear like a lot of Blue Oyster Cult types influence on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but I will, I'll admit this. I listened to this new record. Uh, it's called Empira or Imperia. Um, I, uh, I musically, I like it a lot, actually. Um, there's like a lot, it has a lot going for it, but the vocals kind of kill it for me. I think the guy singing for them is not really a singer. And, yeah. uh, it doesn't wasn't he like a well-known drummer or something before Ghost? I don't know. Like he but was in some cool band before Ghost. Maybe, but like it just I can't the sing the singing kind of doesn't work for me. Um that's the only thing. I don't hate them. I actually like them more now than I used to with what I've heard, but I don't know, they're cool. I I think the theatrical image is cool. I think the whole Pope thing is interesting, but I don't know, the whole satanic thing is just kind of played out. But um but no, not bad. Although I've noticed like a lot of their followers, like Mike, are like religiously devoted to them. <laughs> I don't know if all because they're all Satanists. Now oh, it makes yeah, sense. Oh yeah, sure, they're all Satanists. Metal but Mike um, worships the devil. I don't think I could ever fall that deep into it. But uh, they've definitely improved over the years, so uh, they have yeah. that going for. In my eyes, they have that going for them. But it might make my top list of the year for. I'll, I'll give them that. I liked it a lot. Right on. All right, Metal Mike wants to also know, will Chris ever drink a real beer? Well, if you by real beer you mean mango hard seltzer from Costco, <laughs> then um, I'm drinking one right now. Oh, man, my chest hair grew just hearing that. Hey, listen, I'm trying to be healthier than I used to be, so if I want to have alcohol and have these witty responses to aaron's questions um this is the best i can do i can't yeah. drink the high hoppy carby ipas anymore or i might be dead right now so i'm yeah. trying to take care of myself so you guys have a show to listen to so fuck off yeah what do you want foo-foo chris sinzak or dead chris sinzak you choose take what you can get that's right foo-foo it is <laughs> and finally metal mike wants to know what's under aaron's bandana and i'll tell you i'm gonna reveal Ooh. it all right now Two eyebrows, three scars, and lots of fantasies about Ugly Kid Joe playing in the United States. Uh. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. That was Ask Us Anything right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. That was fun. You guys came up with some good ones there for that. I like it. More information than you ever wanted to know. But you asked anyway, so there you go. You get what you asked for. This has been the Decibel Geek Podcast proud members of pantheon check those guys out we're on all your social medias some of them probably not very often but you're mostly going to find us in that decibel geek community group on facebook otherwise we got a page on there decibel geek podcast we'd like to see you give that a like 
If you want to leave us a recommendation on there, that would be awesome. If you want to leave us a review, you can do it on Podchaser, and you can do it on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We love it a lot. If you find this episode on Facebook or you find it on Twitter, take the time and share it or retweet it. Chris just turned his head to burp because I called him out earlier. (laughs) I love it. It worked. Check us out on all those places. And, uh, yeah, there you go. You asked for it. You got it. Whether you liked it or not, you asked us anything, and we gave it to you straight. Got anything else to add before we get on out of here? Oh, that was a lot of fun. We got to do this more often. For sure. All right. Until then, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast, and we will see you next week. See ya.